catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, I'll tell you, the Giants, the Giants aren't doing anybody any favors, and the Padres are <laughs> certainly not doing anybody, anybody any favors. Uh, last no. night, the Giants win... The Padres are crushed. Is there a bigger collapse of a team in recent years with all of the excitement and the bragging going into the season? I don't I don't know. I can't remember it. I can't think of another team that felt going into a season like this was their moment, this was their time. Because they did knock at the door last year, right? They they did make the playoffs, lost to the Dodgers, but they did knock, they did knock on the door. And they added some pieces, and they were exciting to watch and talented. Had a lot of bravado, a lot of cockiness going into the season, and and lasted until about June or late June. Yeah. And then, to your point, turned into one of the biggest collapses of all time. And what's crazy is you can't be something you're not. You can't be something you're not. Because we're seeing it now. I mean, where's where that? If you're going to be that energetic guy, you're going to be that energetic team, be that team. Win, lose, or draw. You got to be that team. And you watch, I said this last week, you watch their body language when they're playing now. They look defeated. They look defeated. There's no celebration, even when they do good. There's no celebration in the in the clubhouse, in the dugout. When they come in, they had the big chains going and all those things going, and they were dancing. None of that. None of that anymore. I, I, it is. It is a. It is unbelievable. It, maybe it's a lesson to be learned that you know before you start bringing out the big chains and and and, and talking about <laughs> knocking the big dog off, you got to do it first. Yeah. Well, they're not going to do it. They're in danger of not even making the playoffs now. Yeah. You cannot go into San Francisco in a series you've got to play well in after you're swept by the Dodgers and look even worse. You can't do that, and that's where they're at right now. So that means, again, the Dodgers winning now have to win to keep pace. They've got to win, and they did it last night against Arizona. Clayton Kershaw back four and a third. I think you give him a thumbs up, Rodney. I thought he looked okay. A big thumbs up. I thought he looked great. Um, You know, it's been a long time coming. I know he had some setbacks, but to get out there, and he said it, get out there on Dodger Stadium and pitch on that mound in front of that crowd is nothing like it. 
he's still Clayton Kershaw. So he's still is still a, a huge level of, of excitement when he pitches. But I thought he came back and did well. You know, the the question goes, how do they use him going forward? That's going to be the big you know question mark of how he gets used. How much do they use him? But he because he certainly I think can can be a force that's going to add to that already really good pitching staff. Yeah, well, right now he would be the fourth starter. Yeah. Do you do you utilize him that way? I know we only got what 18, 19 games left, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um for the next situation that calls for a bullpen game because they've been doing that bullpen game pretty much every fourth game. Do you utilize him as now that fourth starter instead of doing a bullpen type of game? I'm not Dave Roberts or David Vassay, but I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Now you've got him. Okay. Yeah. Use him. Use him. See what he can do. Right. Get him get him conditioned for the playoffs. Right. Because really, if you look at it, uh, at a best of five, would he even have to start? Mm-mm. No. He wouldn't even have to start in a best of five. You wouldn't see him. No. But you'd have him. You'd have him. Yeah. You'd have him. But right now, he would be the fourth starter. It'd be Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, and Kershaw. Yeah. It, I mean, you can strategically use him. Say you're up in that best of five, you know, 2-0. Do you want to come back with Scherzer? Or do you want to... Roll him out there for four and a half innings. Roll roll Kershaw yeah. I've save Scherzer for the next series. Yeah, you could do that. You know. So that was, that was important last night. Physically, he was fine. The Dodgers win the game. They're still two and a half games back. And again, if you're just jumping on, we have... Three, oh, yeah. four packs of Talk tickets about it, Fred. to give away. What we got, Fred? Three, four packs of tickets to give away for the game tonight. Oh, Lord. And we're going to do it, all of it, in this hour. All right, I'll, I'll tell you right now, one pair will give away for somebody who plays who dis. Okay. There's one. We have two more to give away, and we're going to do that this hour. Uh, A.J. Pollock, well, maybe back sooner than anticipated, which is incredibly good news for the Dodgers. Uh, Dave Roberts said he's ahead of schedule, so that would be great if A.J. Pollock gets back. And what will that mean for Cody Bellinger? Because even adjusting his swing... Didn't he look better? What's the name of the game here? How you look or how you play? <laughs> he threw a ball last night. What? Where was he throwing the ball, by the way? Where was he throwing that ball? <laughs> In center field. It kind of got away from him? A little bit. Yeah, almost rifled it into the first base dugout. What, where were you throwing the ball? I thought Yasiel Puig was out there for a second. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and that's the last thing Bellinger needs right now. And I started thinking about this this morning, Rodney. Tell me if it makes any sense. You know who Cody Bellinger has turned into? Lonzo Ball. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. Why? Why? I, 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 why first of all, why would you say that? Why Why do you say he t- he's turned into Lonzo Ball? Okay, here's the deal. Now, just hear me out. Tell me if this makes any sense. When Lonzo, when, when Lonzo came and played, right, when Lonzo came and played, there were great expectations for him. And always. Well, let's run down to it. There weren't great expectations for Cody Ballinger. He he replaced. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Now, hear me out. Hear me. Hear the whole theory. Okay. When Lonzo got here, there were great expectations for him. And he wasn't ready to fulfill those expectations. But nonetheless, every step of the way, I remember watching Spectrum. 
you know, they show leading scores. Lonzo will have three points, and they trumpet his performance. They wanted, they wanted people to be excited. They wanted Lonzo to do well. They needed that. Well, he he never did what he was supposed to do here. Uh, now look at Cody Bellinger. Okay, rookie of the year, MVP. I got all that. So there are expectations for Cody Bellinger now because of what he's accomplished. And I think we're to the point now with Cody Bellinger where, well, he looked good. He looked good. That's got to count for something. Hey, he got a hit. Well, that's got to count for something. And and you're you're over, we're over ex, overly excited about these things, which does not really address the issue that the guy is really struggling. I think that's the point of this, and everybody wants him to be good and wants him to do well and wants him to perform. But we cannot get excited when he looks good. That doesn't pay the the, the rent. Boy, he looked good up there. Yeah, but Christ, he grounded out. But don't we say that about a lot of guys that are either in a slump or guys that are coming off of an injury? Uh, we, we've said about Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie looks like he's back in the form. Oh, Mookie looks like he's back to Mookie. I mean, we say that about guys that get hurt and then come back or guys that have been in certain slumps. Oh, he looks like himself. Oh, look, Corey Seager's getting back to being Corey Seager. We say that about everyone. I know it's amplified because it's Cody Bellinger and he's going through the slump right now. But to compare him to Lonzo Ball, there's there's drastic differences. First of all, Lonzo was the second pick in the draft. Lonzo was what played at UCLA. Everybody knew Lonzo as a household name coming into the draft and coming into the Lakers. So it's it's a little bit different. So before he even took his first shot with the Lakers, there were a lot of expectations for Lonzo Ball to be great. Cody came in and replaced Adrian Gonzalez. Yes, he was in the Dodgers organization, top prospect, but outside of the guys in the organization or people that really followed Dodger minor league prospects closely, didn't really know much about Cody Bellinger. But then he came in and delivered when he started playing. And then he won Rookie of the Year. And then he won MVP. So he did... He did deliver. Lonzo never won Rookie of the Year. Lonzo hasn't won MVP. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't Lonzo co-MVP of the Summer League? Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember that? I do. Remember that? I do. You knew that was bad when they started getting excited about winning the Summer League. Um, no, so he wasn't. Lonzo was never one of you know, those things. So to compare him to that, Cody is actually delivered. And Cody is actually a part of a World Series championship. All of that is true. Right? So you can't compare him to to Lonzo Ball, who has yet to one win, first of all, an individual award, and then secondly, hasn't won a championship. But what I'm saying is the expectations for Cody, because of what he's accomplished, are great. Which is different than Lonzo. But now Lonzo didn't accomplish anything yeah, but yet. We're, we're to the same point. Boy, it looks good. Uh, man, I see that adjustment now, and... Well, he didn't corkscrew himself into the ground. It's a good day. I'm just saying, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, Corey Seager, as you point out, coming back to be Corey Seager. Yeah. Corey Seager has not gone through anything like this. He did right after the injury. Remember the year he had, when he came back from Tommy John, he struggled. That, that He had a buck 60? He struggled, though. He struggled. Then he, then he, then he kind of, which all guys do after a major injury, it's that... 
<laughs> all guys do after a major injury. It's like, okay, you're healthy, but you got to get back into game and playing shape after you take a year off, which it took a minute for Corey to get back there, but he got back there. And so I think that people still in their minds do remember the MVP run that Cody Bellinger had, do remember the rookie of the year, do remember some of the big home runs he's hit in the postseason. And so they feel like, oh, at at some point, it's going to click, it's going to turn around, he's going to get back to being that guy because it's still fresh in our minds that he he was that guy not too long ago. He wasn't that guy not, not too long ago. So we still feel like it's just – if he can just string a few hits together, then he's going to get his confidence back. Then it's going to be back to Cody again. Um, and, it, and it hasn't quite happened yet. Okay, maybe you were surprised over what happened yesterday at USC. My theory is that wasn't that much of a surprise. I think people actually knew it was coming. And we'll get into that next. Yes, yes, let's get back to it. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a Tuesday. Lots to get to, Fred. Lots to get to. Got to do it all. And Mark and Rancho Cucamonga, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing, Fred and Rodney? We're doing well. And you've got plans tonight, so you better get three friends and get ready. You're going to see the Dodgers take on the Diamondbacks, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. And hear the games and HD on the free iHeartRadio app. Search AM570 LA Sports. All right. So get your buddies and head over to the stadium. All right, Mark? I'm ready to go right now. I'm taking off a Dodger Blue, baby, and Trojan, baby. Rodney Pete, one of my best players. Ah, thanks very much, man. Enjoy yourself. All right, Mark, take it easy. We've got two more four-packs of tickets to give away this hour. Somebody's going to win it for playing Who Dis. So we'll give you the cue to call, and uh, you jump on. Win or lose, you're going to the game tonight as well. Now let's bring on Ryan Abraham, the uh, proprietor and editor of USCFootball.com. Ryan, good afternoon to you. How's it going? It's a silly season in college football again. Didn't expect it in the middle of September, but here we are, guys. Okay, so here's my theory. I believe that because on Sunday, all of a sudden when you read the papers, everybody was saying fire Clay Helton. I think they were all told Clay Helton was getting fired and go ahead and let loose because everybody said, that's it. That was the worst ever. He's got to go. And I've never seen that where everybody piles on. Were you shocked, Fred, for real? I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you're asking Ryan this question. Were you shocked for real? (laughs) No, I was shocked that everybody did it. That's what I was saying. But that's what everybody about. was saying after they left the stadium. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'll get into this. Right, no, your I mean, it's okay, Rod. It, I mean, it's true. Like, I wrote that article in 2018, and I think yeah. uh, Bill Plasky said the same thing, that everyone's written that column before. But it, the, when you just got the, the temperature of the fan base, they were excited at the beginning of that game. Yes, they, they were. Clay Helton was still not a popular head coach. But they had, you know, the crowd was there. The students were into it. They yep. turned the lights out in the Coliseum. They were they were pumped up, and they really improved. The resources that were provided to Clay Helton were tremendous. And I just think there was some optimism, like, hey, you know, the schedule's not that hard. Every game's on a Saturday. They should run through this and be 5-0. and Maybe you beat Utah and beat Notre Dame. You could be like a playoff team. To lay an egg like that in the Coliseum and be down by 29 points in the fourth quarter the team got blown out of the, you know blown out of the building by Kansas State the week before. It just took the air out of everything. It just it just deflated everything. And you could tell when the fans were leaving and booing Clay Helton at halftime. 
there was no other option for this administration. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know it was going to happen that quickly. Uh, but yeah, that's, it was, it, you know, just to see the fans are re-energized right now. It's, it's just, it was a, it was just a weight taken off of their shoulders. They've just wanted a new head coach for at least the last three years. And now they have that opportunity. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was not shocked whatsoever. To your point, I was there too. And it was, again, it, it, it was a celebration. It was nine eleven. The tribute to that. It, it was everything, and and even the tribute to uh, to Sam Cunningham before the game. That you're right. The crowd was ready. It was Saturday night. Uh, you know they kind of rode off the San Jose State games. Oh, it's the first game of the year. They were rusty, maybe. But this was one that, like you said, optimum. We talked about it, Ryan. We talked about they could possibly be undefeated going into the Notre Dame game. That's how optimistic I think I was, and I think the rest of the fan base was. And then to get blown out like that, it was not quite fire on the tarmac, but it was <laughs> embarrassing enough to say, okay, you could feel it leaving the stadium that this was not going to last. And it wasn't the one game. I mean, obviously no. that was a bad, a really bad loss, but it's just been piling up year after year after year. Even when Clay Elton was hired in 2015, that wasn't a popular decision and you know in 2018 going five and seven and bringing them back then mike bone comes in and he brings them back it just seems like the fans are like when is this going to end and i can't tell you the optimism i've not seen optimism like this from the fans in a long time we did a live show yesterday and it's like five times the number of viewers we get we it was it was amazing then people are coming back and so many people swore off the program until they got a new head coach and it seems like now they're optimistic again, and they're coming back. Maybe not for this season, but just for the chance of a new uh, head coach coming in. Okay, and who might that new head coach be? It's a great question. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of names being thrown out there. And, you know, the, the obvious one that you would look at is Luke Fickle at Cincinnati because Mike Bowen already hired him once, and he's been a huge success. Now, Cincinnati's going to the Big 12, and, uh, you know, he's an Ohio guy. But I think that's the first name you have to look at. Uh, and it's an obvious one, it, but you know, they, all of these might not work out for one reason or another, but you have two unemployed former head coaches that are working in Los Angeles right now. And Chris Peterson and Bob Stoops, you probably doesn't hurt to give them a call. I like, uh, you know, uh, Matt Campbell at, at, at Iowa state, uh, you know, he, he's done some, some really good things there, but you could even go the NFL route, uh, like an Eric B is a name that's come up for NFL head coaching jobs. So I think they've got some good options out there, but it probably has to start with Fickle just because of all the ties there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to, to, to see. Do you think that they, you know, because you hear people talking about, oh, they got to go get a big name. Oh, they got to have the big name guy. And, and I don't always necessarily agree with that. I think you got to get the best guy, first of all, and then if he wins, it'll speak for itself. Um, but in, in in terms of of different head coaches that are out there is is SC because it's going to take and SC's been notorious for they maybe pay the head coach but they don't pay everybody else um, that they're going to have to go all in and open up the checkbook. I think they're going to have to, and I don't know if it necessarily has to be the biggest name out there, but definitely someone that's outside of the USC family, not a familiar hire, someone that's coming in from somewhere else that's had great success. It's not just hey, so we Jack Del Rio's out there. What you're saying. <laughs> no offense to former USC football players, Roddy, but I think they got to stay away from anyone that knows the fight song. I think just go go get someone from the outside, and they just they've done that way too many times. So with athletic directors and with with football coaches, 
Um, but yeah, I think they're going. I think it's going to be a more thorough search. And I, we've seen Mike Bone and his staff and what their processes have been when they're at Cincinnati. And they, you know, they, they you know, Mick Cronin or um, you know Luke Fickle. They, they've made some really good hires, and you want them to apply those processes to what they're going to do at USC and just try to find whoever whoever the best candidate is. Yeah, but if they do that, then they've got to give this guy and his staff control. They can't do what they've been doing and basically give them no control. That's what's happened at USC, for yeah. sure, Fred. Right. And it's um, you know it's been one of those things where, why was Clay Helton there? Well, he was going to be a stable presence, but he was going to do what he was told. And that's not, you want to win in college football, you need an alpha, someone that's going to come in and say, here's how it's going to go. And I feel like that's where they're going to have to go. And it's going to be up to Mike Bone and his staff to kind of relinquish control once they make that move. Hey, who do you want to keep from this staff? Who do you want to bring in? Like, don't, Saddle them with restrictions. Say, you here's the keys. We have a Ferrari. You're the, here's the keys. Drive it however you want. And I think they've proven that they want to invest into the program because they have put a lot of resources into everything around the football program. They just didn't replace the head coach. Now they've replaced the head coach, and we'll see if all those resources, everything they've invested so far, will pay dividends, not just for whoever the coach is, but to attract the coach because it looks like a more attractive job with the better resources around it than maybe it would have two years ago. Yeah, I agree. I think it is an attractive job because I think, first of all, you know, the expectation is going to be there. But coming off of where USC was, if anybody sees anything going in the right direction, people are going to be fired up about it. Um, but but do you think that they can give that coach coming in free reign, given the fact that they have you know hired a new president, new athletic director to kind of – kind of revamp the program, the school, the image, and all those things, are they willing to let a a football coach come in and have and free reign, like I said, of doing whatever he wants to make the program a winning championship program? I think you have to, but that's a good point because there's a you know bureaucracy there and there's politics and uh, you know they have the huge board of trustees that you know Rick Caruso's running and like you said, a new president and there's a lot going on there and USC has been kind of stuck in its ways for quite a while. And, you know, you've tried to fix some of that, you know, bringing in Carol Folt, bringing in Mike Bone, um, and will they be able to? Now you get the chance to bring in the head coach, and if they're all on the same page and they're in agreement, like, hey, I'm the football coach, I'm not going to embarrass the university, but I'm going to do things to win. And I think that's the kind of balance you're going to have to find. If they're going to be like, well, you can't do this, can't do this, it's going to be really hard for anyone to come in there and win. So we'll see. I mean, if, if the if – the, search goes crazy and they end up getting someone that no one ever expected. It's probably because of what you said, Rodney. Well, and, and then what, what they're really looking for is Pete Carroll. That's not Pete Carroll. I mean, that's what they're, that's the issue here. Pete Carroll came in, did it his own way. One, everybody was really excited Pete Carroll was just basically out of control. But remember, Pete Carroll wasn't like, oh, let's go get Pete Carroll. That's right. It was like the third or fourth choice down the line, and it turned out to be great. Right. But he came in, did it his own way. They won. And then, of course, the NCAA came in, and Pete, you know, hightailed it out of here real fast. And they didn't want that again. So what they decided is, we're going to control everything. We're all over this now. We're not going to let that happen again. And by doing that, they find themselves in this position. I think you got to roll the dice. You hire somebody. You give them the keys. Ryan, as you point out. Let them drive the car. Let them go. And then let's yeah, see how it plays yeah, out. Yeah, I think to be successful in college football now, you have to do that. If it's a weird administration trying to make the calls and, and keep their their little power structure in place and just hope that the team wins, like that's no success. I mean, 
Nick Saban's running things. It's not the Alabama athletic director. Nick Saban's running stuff. It's not the governor. You don't have to necessarily be like that, but you have to have a head coach. That, I mean, this is a cutthroat business. You need an alpha in there that's going to go in there, make all the best hires. Not, well, I don't want to hire that guy because he could potentially replace me. You don't want anyone thinking like that. So that's just, you know, when you hire an athletic director at a place like USC or Texas or Ohio State, the only job they have, basically, they have a lot of things going on. Their main job is hire the head football coach. And now my right. phone has an opportunity to do that. Yep, you got to get you got to get that right. Um, yeah, and and you, those names you threw out there, Bob Stoops, Chris Peterson, you know, BNMA if he comes from the NFL, they are not coming if they are being told what to do. They are not coming to just get that out of the way right now. They are not coming unless they have full control. Um, that being said. If SC turns and starts to look great and they start running the table, they go back and beat Notre Dame, does Dante Williams have a shot? So I like the, the, the hire here for Dante Williams being the interim head coach. We've done a lot of interim head coaching stuff uh, over the USC the last few years, man. There's been a lot of interims, but uh, he's an interesting one. He knows most of the players on the team really well because he recruited them all. And if you yeah. listen to Mike Bone's uh, press conference yesterday when he was on Trojans Live, he talked about you know, hiring the next coach. And he said, if it's someone here or someone from outside, now maybe that's just being nice and it's a courtesy. I don't think they're going to hire someone from within because they've done that before a number of times and it hasn't worked out well. But it's a great opportunity. First of all, it's USC's first African-American head coach. He's going to have 10 games at least uh, to kind of show what he can do. And if, if it's to audition for whoever the next head coach is, to maybe be the defensive coordinator at USC or somewhere else or a head coach somewhere else, it's a great opportunity. I think Ed Orgeron used that and used it well when he got the chance at USC to kind of rejuvenate his career, and I think this is going to be great for Dante Williams. And, you know, when you're around USC, there's there's a lot of stuff that's wrong. When Mike Bone came in, there was a lot of low-hanging fruit, a lot of problems he could fix that were just ridiculous. I think there's going to be some pretty big problems that Dante Williams can fix around the football program that you will see instantaneous results on the field. So he has a good shot. It's an easy schedule, like we talked about. They play all Saturday games. Um, yeah, I mean, if he goes out and goes 8-2 and two in his debut, I mean, that would be pretty impressive for him. All right. Ryan, we appreciate it. As always, thanks for the time. Thanks for the information. Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com. Okay, another four-pack of Dodger tickets to give away, and whoever calls right now at 866-987-2570, Kevin will pick you up, we'll put you on the air, and you're going to play a little Who Dis and get those tickets. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who is this guy? Who this? Who this? UCLA football back at the Rose Bowl when the Bruins host Fresno State this Saturday, September 18th at 7.45. Tickets started only 35 by visiting uclabruins.com slash tickets. Boy, I'll tell you, the lines look pretty quick here. For a little who dis today. Come on. They want them tickets, Fred. But uh, more importantly, they want to see if they can beat me because I never lost. You never lost? Never lost. Ron, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, Fred. Okay. Kevin is uh, picking up the phone right now. And then we're going to get going. Uh, next hour, Ned Coletti on the show. We'll get into it with Ned. Dodgers trying to close the gap on the Giants. Ned has believed all along that the Giants are going to falter. Uh, well, we'll find out. And now let's go down to Redondo. Ty, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. You ready for who this? 
Uh oh, Ty, you there? Are you ready? Uh oh, Ty, Uh-oh. you're listening to the radio. Turn the radio off. Okay, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, we're gonna play who this. Turn your radio off. Yes, I am, Fred. Very good. <laughs> now you're ready. All right. Uh, I'm ready. All right. When you know it, yell it out, okay? Hi. <laughs> I love it. All right, Ty. Are you there? All right, all right. All right, Ty. Ty, you not, did, Ty you... did you turn your radio down? <laughs> did you turn your radio off? I'm trying, I'm trying. Oh! You're trying to turn the radio off? How about hit the button? I think he just hung up on himself. Ty hung up. <laughs> Ty actually hung up. He doesn't want himself. No way. He did. He tried to turn the radio off. We got to get Ty back, Fred. You forced him to do that. You flustered him a little bit. Uh, Ty turned the radio off and in doing so disconnected himself. Because he was connected. The phone was connected to the Bluetooth on the radio, which disconnected the phone once the radio went off. Whatever you said, it doesn't matter because Ty. That's cold-blooded, Fred. Well, what do you want me to do? Ty, you harassed him to, to, to doing that. Rodney, we can't, now, have, we can't have a guy on that can't And it's about the tickets. And now you're going to... That's, that's cold-blooded, Fred. Okay. Well, Ty, maybe... Ty, you got 30 seconds to get back on. Too late. David and Santa Clarita. <laughs> David, Sorry, you ready Ty. to go? Yes, sir. Okay, do you know how to play who dis? Da- hey, David, you turned down your radio? Uh, yeah, I'm not on the radio right now. Okay, good. Okay. You know how to play who dis? Uh, I've listened enough, I think so. Okay, when you know it, yell it out. Here we go. I'm a seven-time MLB All-Star and was NL Rookie of the Year in 2010. Mike Trout. And it is no good. Hmm. Who is this guy? How about new? Yeah. Anthony Rizzo. David's playing. No, senor! I was the NL MVP in 2012. Bryce Harper. No good! Ooh. 2012. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Who is this NL guy? MVP in 2012. And I am a three-time World Series champion. Ooh. Oh, uh, Madison oh. Lumber. And it is no good. Ooh. Yes, Buster uh, Posey. Buster oh, Posey. Ro- Rodney. Oh, David, you were really close. Ah, oh, man. Rodney just got in. Here's your next one. Good job, Rodney. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Never lost. Never had. Never had. I made three all-star teams in my MLB career. Who is this guy? Uh, Mookie Betts. So good! I hold the MLB record with 59 consecutive scoreless innings pitched. Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Ah. Oh. David, you're right there, but Rodney got in again. Fast. You guys are fast. Must be a delay on my end. No, there's no delay. There's no delay. No delay. But no, you, no whatsoever. David, I mean, you are I mean, right there. You yeah, are you're right there, David. You guys, you guys right are lightning. Yeah, Ronnie, are you even trying. playing? You're you know right what? there. I'm trying. Trying. Rodney's quick on the on yeah. the trigger today. You're right there, both of you guys. Just like Baltimore was last night. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, here we go. I'm a five-time Pro Bowler and was a member of the NFL's 2010 All-Decade team. Charles Woodson. No good! I am a four-time Super Bowl champion. Rob Gronkowski. Eight many. Rodney, Rob Gronkowski. Oh. Uh, you are on fire today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. 
I was the 32nd overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. Lamar Jackson. Rodney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then thing that I threw out that Baltimore reference for just to throw it out there, Fred. Come on. I got a crystal ball over here. Let's see how your ball is shining now. Rodney's on fire. I was the 11th overall pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Yao Ming. No good. Yao Ming. I like it. <laughs> I think we had to give it to him just for saying uh, Yao no. Ming. No, I like that. <laughs> Who is this guy? I'm a three-time NBA champ. Trevor Reese. Derrick Rose? No, not Derrick Rose. No good. Who is this guy? I hold the NBA record for most points scored in a single quarter with 37. Steph Curry. No good. Clay Thompson. Rodney. One of them guys. Final question. Nobody's jinxing anybody here. Don't you do it. I got a no hitter, Fred. Why are you saying it? You just said it. By just saying I'm nobody's jinxing anybody here, you just did it. I might have been jinxing Ronnie to get one. There were a couple of announcers that I think jinxed Max Scherzer the other day. Mm. Yeah. And will remain nameless, but yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. Who is this guy? No such thing as a jinx. All right, let's find out. I made 10 All-Star teams in my Hall of Fame basketball career. Bill Russell. No, senor! Magic Johnson. No good! LeBron James. Michael Jordan. Oh, no! And it is no good. Kobe Who Bryant. is this guy? No, Kareem. senor! How about new? Magic Johnson. No good! I led the NBA in assists five times and was selected to the all-defensive first team four times. Michael Cooper. And it is no good. Jason Kidd. CP3. The perfect game. Chris Paul. Rodney got it. It's Jason Kidd. And today he throws the perfect game. That was my first time. I'll be back, guys. I'll All right. Back, okay. I'll tell you what, though, David. You might not have thrown the perfect game, but you're going to the game tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Four-pack of tickets uh, to see the Dodgers take on the wow. Diamondbacks. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Here are the games on HD and the free iHeartRadio app. Search AM570 LA Sports. So, David, enjoy the game tonight, and thank you for listening. Hey, thank you so much. I always love listening to you guys. Appreciate you. We still got another pack of tickets to give away. I love it. And we I don't have it. much time to give them away. We got to do it before the hour. I'd stay right there. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. Today's Afternoon Delight is Majesty by Common. This song features R&B singer PJ, and it's the third single off the rapper's new album entitled A Beautiful Revolution Part 2, which was released last Friday. And talking about the project, 49-year-old Chicago native said, the spirit of the album was meant to emulate what a greater day would sound and feel like. We were in the midst of some tough political and socially challenging times. I thought about what being still in these times had brought me and that was peace beyond understanding, a greater love of self, a closer connection with God, and more appreciation for my family, friends, and the simple things in life. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Majesty by Common, featuring PJ.
Hey, Michael in L.A., you've done it. A four-pack of tickets. Dodgers Diamondbacks tonight at the stadium. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. And hear the games in HD and the free iHeartRadio app. Search AM570 LA Sports. All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob M. Ronnie. Our weekly chat now with our buddy Jacob M. Ronnie. Jacob, how are you? How are you, Jacob? <laughs> Jacob, how you doing? Hi, how you doing, Rodney? Hi, Fred. Hey, hey Jacob. Good. Hey, oh, and by the way, what is this? You're like a national man now? What What's going oh, on? Time. What are you talking about? He's always been big time. Oh. Just, now the world can see. Now everybody sees. <laughs> what's going on, Jacob? Don't give me a hard time, please. <laughs> Subway commercial. How did that happen? You know what? As they say, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you got stuff on your bucket list, and the Subway commercial actually was one of them, and it was actually pretty cool. I got a phone call from Subway. They reached out, and they said, hey, we're doing a, you know, eat fresh, refresh campaign, and we're going to have a number of athletes on there, and, you know, we're wondering if you want to come on. And I thought, okay, this must be a joke. Someone's probably pranking me. So I asked them for their phone number, and I said, I'm going to call you guys back. <laughs> And uh, gave him a call back, and, uh, you know, sure enough, they wanted me to do a commercial with them. It was a cool collab. It was a lot of fun. You're big time, man. You're big time. Not even Fred Rogan. You know, not even Fred <laughs> Rogan has a Subway commercial. Well, man. that's pretty big. You know, actually, what was, I, I tell you what was fun about it is when I went in to change, um, I'm sitting there, and I got Tom Brady, you know, sitting about five feet away from me, and, you know, he's, he, he's getting ready to change as well. And I looked up. I said, Tom, please. Can you change a little bit further out there? You're making me look really, really bad right here. <laughs> Did he give you some kale and some vegetable <laughs> soup? Exactly. What a nice guy, though. I got to tell you, what a nice guy. Who the was? whole experience has been fun. So that's the one with and Steph Curry's in that one and, and those, right? And they got Serena, I believe. And, and, correct, uh, correct. Yeah. So it's Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Karina, and also Megan Rapinoe is also right. another one of the right. athletes who is doing it. Jacob, if they wanted athletes, what are you doing there? What are you trying to say? He's not an athlete. He said they wanted Brad, athletes, and I'm here Brad, too. Be nice. Be nice. Actually, I think what they were trying to do is, uh, you know, what what they said is they want some, you know, influencers in, you know, in local areas. But ah. it's a it's a national ad, so you know, I, I took it as a major compliment, you know, that you know they reached out and you know one on one of my commercials in there and what was cool about it is that part of the deal was that I had to allow them to use the call Jacob jingle as well which you know they play at the end of the commercial so yeah all in all great experience you know big compliments and uh you know fun all around now do you get free subway for the rest of your life because <laughs> you're in the commercial of course that's where fred goes <laughs> you know that's where fred minds <laughs> you know I tell you I didn't have an agent uh you know, negotiating things like that for me. Just being in the commercial was good enough for me. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't good enough, Jacob, and that was last Saturday night. And I was there at the Coliseum for our alma mater, ah. Jacob, and it was uh, it was an ugly sight. And you could just feel it. It you know what happened yesterday with Clay Helton was brewing and was going to happen. How, how did you feel, and how do you feel going forward? You know what? I got to be honest with you. I've had, I've been on this roller coaster. You know, we we understand it as you know, tro- you know, being alumni of USC and diehard, you know, Trojan fanatics. That you know, the past few years, ever since you know, uh, we had at least some luck by going 
you know, to the Rose Bowl against Penn State. Uh, It's just been up and down, up and down, and it just seems like, you know, this team just doesn't bring it. And, you know, Clay multiple times was on the chopping block, and, you know, he was saved. Uh, You know, and it, it just hurts me to be able to, you know, to watch a game against Stanford where they come in and just give it to us in our own home. So, no, I feel good about the change. The change was needed. The question now becomes is are the powers that be going to make the right change? Uh, you know, I know we got an interim coach now, and, uh, you know, I hope he does a great job. But, you know, what is the ultimate, ultimate, uh, you know, result from this is where we need to understand. Where are we going to be going? We need to go back to where we need to be. There's got to be that energy. There's got to be everything about it that needs to be done in order to understand what, you know, Trojan football is all about. And just, you know, just the team needs to be driven by it. Uh, all right, Jacob, when you come on, we, we love that you share thoughts with our listeners and they look forward to it. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to you and, and thankfully my son was okay. Uh, he was in an accident recently. And the question is, Jacob, if someone is in an accident, you know, your car is taken away to wherever to get fixed. Uh, how do you get your car back? And is there a way to do it without you, the the driver, having to be intimately involved in getting it back? Yeah, so, you know, the reason it's important to talk about property damage is because, you know, especially here in L.A. and California, we're all so dependent on our cars. And usually when people are involved in an accident, the first thing they're worried about is the car. Many people don't even pay attention to their injuries. And one of the biggest things that I want to share with our listeners is some of the things that happen when you're in an accident having to do with your car. Number one, when you're in an accident, you see a tow truck pull up. And unfortunately, those tow trucks are not always pulling up for the right reasons. A lot of times they're on scanners. They listen to an accident occurring. They pull up. They may even lie to you and tell you that you know, they've been sent, you know, by the local police department. But unfortunately, what they're doing is they're picking up your car and they'll take it to a body shop. And basically, you end up getting hit with a bunch of, uh, you know, costs and charges. So, number one, I want to make sure that our listeners know that when you're in an accident and an actual tow truck pulls up, make sure that it is actually one that's been sent by the police department. You don't want to end up getting you know, uh, defrauded into having your car go somewhere where you end up paying a bunch of, you know, bunch of fees. Number two, depending on the type of, in- you know, the type of insurance you carry, the property damage can get tricky. A lot of people are driving around with only liability. And if you have liability, your own insurance company is not responsible in order to pay for your car or take care of your car. So you're very much dependent on the other party who you were in a- involved in the accident with to fix your car. So you need to make sure that you exchange information with them because if you don't exchange information with them and you're stuck waiting for a police report to show up with all the information, sometimes you could be without a car for three, four weeks until the police report is ready. So really kind of, you know, the rules to follow, even if you just have a property damage claim, is make sure after an accident, even if the police show up, you try to get the other party's information, especially their insurance information, so that the property damage aspect of your case can actually get handled. If not, you're going to be without a car, without a rent a car, sitting around for at least three to four weeks. And in some areas, police reports are not ready for two to three months. So I feel like that information should hopefully help our listeners to understand if you have a property damage aspect, make sure you do those things so that your car can get fixed as quickly as possible. Outstanding. 
Jacob, great information as always, and always a treat to talk to you. Congratulations on the commercial. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you, and have a wonderful week. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.